everybody. It is Shane. And this is Drew. And this, of course, is the 40K podcast where we like to talk about, well, fucking 40K, of course. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, every time I listen to that intro music, I need to say this is, uh, I love it, number one, because it's fantastic. And number two, do you ever just constantly visualize the intro to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie? Do you remember that with the uh, snacks as they're coming in? And it's just like, sit down, shut up, watch it. And you're just like, that's, every time I hear it, that's, my visualization goes to that moment. I don't know why, but it, it makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it? I'm just imagining Carl now as a, as a, uh, <laughs> as a space marine. <laughs> uh, he would, man, who would Carl fall to? Like, what? I just. He, just uh, like imagining like his like a bunch of drop pods coming down and destroying like an entire village and then him just trotting out looking around being like yeah n- none of this matters it don't, none it of this matter. matters <laughs> just, just lay it to waste or better yet i'd even like to see carl in the 40k universe as a civilian so like you could see the drop pod like landing in his pool and he'd be come on this is freaking <laughs> ridiculous first it was the fry man of this <laughs> Just yelling at me. <laughs> Listen here, you walking toaster. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> um. So, Drew, the the question, of course, uh, that we love to start our show off with is what What's your invulnerable save today, or or possibly what's your depressing mortal wound? You know, it's gonna get those <laughs> things off your chest too. <laughs> Dude, I I'm still freaking dealing with my last mortal wound from that. <laughs> This is, this, I, is like I a, watching, this is like a campaign level mortal wound. Oh my god. I keep like watching uh additional lectures from him and he's he's it's like re-explaining the same thing and then And you still don't like, get it? I, it I'm still just makes no sense. Oh, well, I get some of it. And then like the part where he says, and then you go through the event horizon and space becomes time and time becomes space. Yeah. I I, I don't know what that means. I I, I know what he's saying. But it's like, I, like, but what? What is it? It's like that? one of those things too when like somebody asks you like, well, you have to just imagine like like some people that are like when you die, there's just nothing, and it's like wait wait a minute, like it, it, I I'm not a I'm not a religious person I'm not big in an afterlife thing but it's incredibly difficult to wrap your head around the idea of just nothing no. No experiences, no emotions, no feelings, no nothing, not nothing. Just nothing is nothing. And it's it's so hard because you're like, but what if I miss so-and-so? No, you won't because it's nothing. And you're like, but but what about, and they're like, no, nothing. And then it's like, but I can't imagine nothing because I would still be something in the nothing. Therefore, it, it's a whole, you know what? Forget it. We're talking philosophy today on 40K. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta cut that. Gotta cut that out. (laughs) Cut that that out. (laughs) Uh, So what about you? Uh, Dude, I I have a good, I have a good and vulnerable save because tomorrow, baby, going to Comic-Con, Comic-Con near me in my area uh, is going on. It's actually going on today, but we only bought tickets for Saturday and Sunday. And the plan is Saturday will be our meet and greet day. Sunday will be our day to go and do the shops and, you know, try to haggle some people down on 
some crazy shit, you know, unlike people that I know that overzealously and overexcitedly pay way too much for things without even trying to haggle with the people. So I'm very excited for that. Plans are to meet Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor in Doctor Who. So that's a very uh, exciting stuff for me and my wife. So, and my son too, because he's, he's gotten into Doctor Who. He's almost 12 years old and he's super into all the good things that he should be into. Well, there as you I, go. As a craft and I mold him the way I want. <laughs> he Tiny. likes 40K. He's, <laughs> he's into fucking Doctor Who. He's into science fiction shit. And the kid wants to be an astrophysicist when he grows up. I don't, I don't know how it could be better for me right now. Like, the only thing you could do is be like, Dad, I want you to pick the numbers 7, 21, 27, 35, 44, and 52, and then hits the lottery and I win a million dollars. That's that's the dream. See, <laughs> you just got to play the odds. You just The more kids you have, the more random number generators you have. Chances I, are one of them is going to draw a winner. I, I have a mortal wound for you then, buddy. I I have a vasectomy. So there is there is no more chances of this. He is my last hope. <laughs> it's a 40K first, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, the main body, I'm just going to plow it ahead. Closing yep. my eyes. Centering myself. Moving forward. <laughs> so so the main body of this episode, uh, we were gonna do a little little mini book review. Uh, Another maybe a book short review. Story. A little little short story more than a book review, I'd say. Less sphincters. Um, yeah, no more no more fucking sphincters. I don't wanna think of I'm glad I sent that pickled sphincter to you. You deserve that. I hated that photo. That was a good book though. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Belly of the beast. Ten you know out what? Of ten. I, you know we're we're so we're going to be talking uh, fucking shit. The chosen of corn. There we go. Um, <laughs> fuck, that escaped me for a second. So, Very excited about the announcement of world eaters getting their own codex. Yeah, don't know so, when that's going to happen, but yeah, we thought that kind of kind of fit. Yeah, I need to satiate my my bloodlust before I can buy my world eaters army to and satiate my bloodlust. And if I may. Uh, something that I really enjoyed out of this book, uh, not a lot of sphincter talk. In fact, none. There's no sphincters. You don't even hear about uh, Mervyn is uh, sphincter puckering up when he first sees Karn. Like, it's implied that his sphincter definitely puckers, but I don't get any descriptions about it. I don't have to hear about it. I don't have to have vivid imagery being burned into my brain. No sphincter talk. I love that part of the book. <laughs> And that's the review, everybody. <laughs> that's uh, it. So see, you, I, see you next week, fellas. <laughs> so I listened to the audiobook, and so did you, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I will say, this was what, about an hour and 15 minute book? Uh, yeah, I, th I think that'd Audio? be about right, yeah. Something like that, a little over an hour. Um, the, the audio, the... Uh, Boy, words escaping my brain right now. Uh, the, it fucking the sets quality. a scene, that's for sure. Yes, the the presentation in this book was outstanding from the the voices to the sound effects. I mean, the music. Yeah, the sound effects really were uh, like the background noises, the dripping, you know. I, I don't know why that sounds awful. We were just talking about sphincters. Don't talk about dripping. <laughs> Painting like, images, stop it. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> um, but there's like a lot of like noise effects that... that like gives you the setting like, like you, they don't describe the, the setting of where they're at but like like when he first approaches karn 
and you hear the 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 slow drip in the background and like the the echo of the chain you get like an idea of he's in some underground tunneled area you get that sense you get that feeling you know you can claustrophobic some kind of dank dark cave yeah and you get that without them actually describing he describes a lot of what he's seeing with the bodies and then he sees karn for the first time and he describes what karn looks like but they don't describe like the walls or the room or anything like that it's literally just like the ambience of sound that they utilize that helps kind of like paint that picture for you if that makes sense yeah i could be crazy i don't know (laughs) um (laughs) so i don't want to jump ahead so i don't want to jump to the end but what would be um what would be your favorite section or, or part of the book that that stood out to you that like made you kind of go, Oh, I'm in, you got me in for a penny in for a pound. Like kind of deal. So my favorite scene in the book. Yeah. What would you like your favorite scene or even setup or even dialogue? If you, if you have a dialogue, although I'm kind of a little out on the dialogue right now, I haven't listened to it. And you know, I got to listen to things on repeat to do that. But well, so my favorite part of the book is they set up this, you get to hear corns, inner monologue almost his he has these uh i don't i don't really want to call them like uh like almost like a like a vision he it you get to it's like a fantasy almost but i don't want to say fantasy either because like yeah so that indicates the wrong thing yeah so what'll happen is especially with what happens (laughs) yeah so so basically in the book the let's just get into the plot let's just kind of do like a quick synopsis yeah 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 and we and we can we can just kind of break it down as we go so I like that it takes place in the Eye of Terror. Um, that's just, it's like a bizarro dimension where anything can happen, you know. So it's uh, for me, whenever uh, 40K novels go into the Eye of Terror, I'm like, whoa, like. That right, there, there's a, there's yeah, a, there's that, a. Who knows what's going to happen. world of like. Yeah crazy shit that's going to go on in that, the background. that man's arm may turn into a weed whacker i don't freaking know like it's <laughs> it's wacky land so this is taking place in the eye of terror on a planet that is occupied by emperor uh, world leaders and so basically one of they're the, angry like, if you didn't yes, know <laughs> always angry one of the original uh like corn berserker champions from like the old legion back back during the horus heresy as argus brand yes argus brand yep yep so like he's like the current leader he's he's being challenged for control over a blood uh like it's a a blood challenge it's a well it's a blood challenge but they want to do a they want to go on like they call it like a blood crusade or something like that which i could only assume is like all of the the world leaders are gonna hop into a space pickup truck and then just go drive off into the the imperium and wreck up the place mad max style like that's how yeah. i envision like there, there's something crazy going on and, and like the I, I like just how simple and brutal it is and to me that theme describes the world eaters completely yeah they are simple in what their objective is they want blood they want skulls i want i want your blood and i want your skulls and i want them both right now they do not have this grand overarching scheme among schemes among schemes they're gonna land they're gonna bum rush you they're gonna take that skull 
you're not going to willingly give it to them and then they're going to leave and that's it. Yeah. Or die trying. They're, yeah. they're going to, they're going to attempt it. So. so like the idea that you have two leaders that are fighting for control essentially to go on this giant crusade. It's who's going to be in control of the Legion when they do it. And so Argus is trying to get Karn to join him on his side. So what I liked about it was in that sense was Argus it, like they they make it very clear Argus is completely and utterly outnumbered at this point he's been kind of abandoned by a lot of his war bands it's not looking good for him like Karn is the last resort for him and he's such a proud dickhead he don't want to even bother him so then he insteps a uh, uh, Mervin and this is just some old seneschal who knows good goddamn well that he's probably not coming home. <laughs> and what what was awesome and hilarious to me was these visions that Karn would have. Because the very first one you get is when Mervin, I'm going to call him Merv, because I just, I think it's funnier that way. Okay, so when old Merv shows up, he goes down into these pits, man, and he's scared shitless to a degree. But he knows what Karn's capable of. So he's like, I'm going to act like I don't give a shit kind of pays off for him but Karn <laughs> has this vision but you don't know it's a vision and guys read the book because I'm not going to do it justice here okay um, or listen to it on the audible or whatever wherever you do your booking but he has this thing where he talks in great detail about chasing this poor old man catching him fucking cutting him like in a way that he can't go anywhere anymore and then because he views him as weak and inferior, he's not going to kill him with Gorechild, his axe. Instead, he's going to, like, crush his skull in his hands, as he describes it. And then he begins to hack the body to pieces. And he goes into this huge, gory detail. And then literally Merv, that it pops in with Merv going, Sir? And you realize Karn fantasized the whole fucking thing. Yeah, like, he's just sat there in like a daze, shit. drool trickling out of his mouth <laughs> as he just is like zoned out during that whole thing. <laughs> and then on top of it, he literally is like, all right, Merv, let's go. So fucking just after all that, he's still like, all right, yeah, this old man's cool. I'm going to go with him. Yeah, it's fine. This is all right. Yeah, let's go, Merv. What's interesting about that to me is, so having read Horace Heresy novels where, where Karn is a character, Karn was always, he was always a calm and collected kind of person in those books. Right. And then in the book, uh, I think it was Betrayer. It's, it's the story that it talks about. Um, when he flips, when he flips the script, essentially. When he, yeah, well, yes. Well, uh, it, it's got, uh, oh God, who's the world leaders angron it, it's the yeah, yeah it's the angron, book on yep. yeah angron's um when he becomes a demon prince and uh yeah like karn will be trying to control his legion as they're like advancing an attack and you just he like around him he's seeing them like f fall to the control of the butcher's nails and then they just they just start throwing their their bodies against you know barrier barricades and tanks and stuff like like they just become like a, a crazed mob and then it's described in the novel that like Karn blacks out basically, and then they they come to, and then they see what they've done, kind of thing. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where'd that dead hooker come from? 
I caused how many dollars worth of damage? I don't know about that. <laughs> Quick, put her in the trunk. <laughs> so, like, in this book, it's interesting. Because you get that visualization. Well, yeah, it's like, is that the butcher's nails? Is that it trying to call to him of, like, this could be what we could be, like, we could be doing this. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah. And he just has, like, the will to block that? Or is that Karn, like, still trying to be in control? So he's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you what you want, butcher's nails, in my mind. But I'm not going to do that but for you in person like could could you also argue though that at that point then he's already made a deal with the butcher's nails because he makes very declarative statement of i i have to get x y and z head like that is my goal that is i have promised these heads to corn and that's what i'm gonna do because as as the story progresses he comes out and he's gonna fight for argus and Argus, you know, there's the whole, you can't just change the dueling thing on this, on on me on a dime. And uh, Terragar is like very pissed off that Argus would try to pull and let Karn fight for him. And it there was a disappointment for me in the sense that Terragar shows up and he's got seven warlords with him all different like of the different war bands and whatnot i loved how weird they were yeah no i did i didn't mind that but what what it was was when they first introduced him i thought to myself oh he's gonna fucking kill all these guys like that's what karn's doing karn karn's not just gonna kill the guy's champion he's gonna kill that champion and then he's gonna murder all these warlords and kind of like in service to corn so he he gets the duel against the flesh terror and this was probably my favorite part they both kind of do a switcher room yeah. where argus is like yeah karn's gonna fight <laughs> for me and then he's like how dare you well funny you say that actually because i got this flesh terror that's gonna fight in my yeah. stead so they like pokemon duel over the control they ain't even the <laughs> right it's, it's which is bizarre again because the way the world eaters are this almost seems dishonorable for it which actually <laughs> spoiler alert it ends up being that exact same that exact thing because that's what it gets explained towards the end of the book because it, it, karn is getting ready to fight the flesh terror right that's so terror guard has the the flesh terror and argus has karn and they're gonna fight each other and the Flesh Terror is a... It's a Blood Angel given into the Red Thirst, essentially. I loved that. That idea of Karn fighting a enraged Flesh Terror. Like, holy shit. That is, that is 40k fan fiction right there. Right. And... Karn and the Flesh Terror start going at it. And he's... He's describing every moment he's talking about the the blades clinging off of each other, and he gets me, I get him. The flesh terror lunged at me. I I gripped Gore Child, and I went in for a block and spun around to to and attack. Took a chunk and like, of flesh out of his side as Gore Child roared, yeah. and then I roared, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. And that's how every fight has been up to this point. And then you never, like, or, like, all of Karn's, like, mind battles. Like, his, like, yeah, little, like... because then they fucking pull the rug out from underneath you and you fucking find out again, this is all fucking vision. This is all him just having well, fucking that fight, wet yeah, dream that all battle, away. man. Holy shit. Like, like, the flesh terror 
takes like rips like a big old chunk out of like Karn's side or something like that. And like, he's like excited about back this and shit. forth. And I was like, holy shit, like Karn is being he's he's getting a run for his money right now. Then they pull this whole shit where he's like, okay, new rule though, you can't use Gorchild. I get to pick your weapon, Karn. And Karn's just like, fine, whatever. What do you want me to use? And so he picks like the shortest dullest shittiest little fucking scabbard gives him a butter knife yeah like a butter knife essentially in 40k and says yeah that's what's going to be your weapon and then what does karn proceed to do he fucking murders the shit out of that flesh terror in what's described in the book as only a few heartbeats he kneels down dodges an attack and then as he's dodging the attack he swings around and plunges the blade into the side of the flesh terror's head and then breaks the blade off in his head. And it's just over. And it's like, dude, the vision fight was better than that fight. Like, <laughs> he, he does that sweet Brad Pitt Achilles jump stab move. From, yes, that's, uh, that's the Troy. way they describe it, essentially. <laughs> and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love it because it, it really helps uh, accentuate the, guy, the guy's badassery to a level that well, you're yeah, like, holy like, shit, this guy really is no joke. It's like, that's that's what karn and like the butcher's nails like that i feel like that's what they want in all these scenarios like if it's if it's not karn trying to imagine this to like save them so that he can he can think you know straight basically i wonder if it's just like that is that is now like what he wants so like that old man comes to him, and all Karn wants to do is just stalk him and be the like the apex predator that he is. And in this situation, you know, he's looking at this this like Fucking. absolutely crazed Astartes warrior that's bloodlusted, and he's like, this this could be the the you know like a true fight. Yeah, this, this is this is going to be is, the fight for me. This is the one yes. that's got me all fucking jacked up. And so he comes into it, and he's like, "Let's let's do this, all right." Yeah, and then the fight starts, and he's just like, "And you're dead." Yeah, and it's just like, "And we're done here," and, and it's gone. Yeah, and it's like, is he just is he that good? Like, is he that good of a of a fighter that even a flesh terror that's given into the fucking red thirst is? Oh, uh, well, they're no joke. They're no joke by lore standards. They're fucking they're crazy as shit. You want to see one in action? Watch Angels of Death. Yeah, I gotta get on that. I'm a, oh, I'm, a, I'm a terrible, terrible person. Um, but <laughs> hey, so so then, of course, you know, as fast as that was, Terragar's he's not fucking going with that. He decides, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not honoring that deal. So then, all hell fucking breaks loose, and all the war bands are fighting. Terragar and Argus go at it, and Terragar he's got like a fucking Terminator armor on. He's not, he's not like a normal berserker. He's like a buffed up berserker with Terminator armor on and him and Argus are going at it. And he fucking kind of fells Argus a little bit. Argus isn't dead yet, but he's on the ropes and out of nowhere, here comes Karn to save Argus's ass. And he fucking brutalizes the shit out of Terragar. And they go at it for a little bit and he's about to bury Gorchild into Terragar's head and Terragar catches it. Cause he's still fucking Terminator armor. So he's, got it and he's about he's like you lose karn i although still in the situation we described he hasn't quite lost yet uh maybe not one but he definitely hasn't lost because he's in a very (laughs) 
uh, advantageous situation, let's say. But Karn, being the dude that he is, realizes he's got this, Targar's got this servo-powered fucking arm holding back Gorchow. So the chances of Karn just pushing through with his body weight is slim to none. Karn's not an idiot, so he just pulls out his plasma pistol and proceeds to blow this dude's fucking arm clean off. He, he like, jams it, like, like in his armpit. Yeah, he, like, jams it, like, in the crook of, like, the arm, and then just pulls the trigger and just severs this dude's arm. And then the book proceeds to explain and describe in intense detail Karn sawing off this dude's fucking head. Yeah, it, it's like it, the the heavy gorgon of his Terminator armor uh, resisted Gorchild, but Karn would not be uh, turned away, or like yeah, you know, Karn, I would, Karn he would, would not, not be, be turned away. His, yeah, his 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 trophy, and it, you just hear the, the beauty of yes, the beauty of the audiobook is you hear yes, the chain axe yes grinding against the metal, and you're just like, oh my god, this chunks is of ceramite flew off before Gorchild bit into his and you're just like oh jesus christ and <laughs> what ends up being probably okay so we're 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 towards the end of the book and th- this is, i didn't want to tell you this before uh we started recording because i wanted this to kind of come as a fun little ha 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 for you and what it is is so the book has conditioned you that anytime karn is talking in his head you have now been conditioned that it is a vision. And at the, after he saves Argus, Argus comes up and puts a hand on his shoulder, basically to say, hey, thank you for having my back back there. Yeah, and it is this point that, but you seem like you seem like good people. Thank it, you. It is at this point that Karn ta- Karn's narration takes over and he starts describing, you guessed it, him brutally fucking murdering Argus as well. Because fucking why not? And you straight up get fucking sopranoed in this situation because you have been fed information that says he is just imagining this and it gets cut short this time when Merv goes, oh my God, what have you done? And you realize that what he has just described is him murdering the fucking shit out of Argus. I was like, oh, oh, shit, we done did it for real this time. And because you had just, I mean, you had just got done talking because I had never seen The Sopranos. I never watched the show, but you had kind of like given me the artsy take on how they did The Sopranos finale, where they they conditioned you to look through uh, Tony Soprano's eyes every time that bell rang. It was like a fucking Pavlovian trick. And then when the bell rang and everything went dark, you knew he was dead. And yep. same thing yes. here. You get fucking soprano because they give you this. They keep feeding you this one set of dialogue that anytime Karn is talking, don't fucking take it at its face value. He's probably out of his fucking mind. Just making shit up in his mind. This is what he wants to have happen. And then in this last instance, it's really what fucking happens. And then it starts <laughs> literally raining blood because we're in the fucking eye of terror. So of course it's raining blood. And then in some fucking bizarre violence orgy, everyone. Well, they, they, they mentioned like the eyes of Karn or corn, like the, the blood God himself, Just... like can be seen 
peering down on the planet. And then they all fucking murder each other. Except for Mervyn. He lives. Yeah, because he's like a thousand years old. He's old man. And and he's like, but but he's like, why not me? And Karn's basically like (laughs) he wants to. It's because he wants. It's because you want to die. Karn basically looks at him and goes, "Because you want to die." And to Corn, that's not. He doesn't like that. No, there's there's no. There's no honor, like, he's not worthy Yeah, you know. there's no honor in your death. Like, he's been told that. And it's like, like I'm not gonna, that's why he, he wasn't gonna cut his skull, or his head off and save his skull. He was just gonna crush it, because his skull is worthless. It's not even worth Yeah, 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 because earlier in the book, he, he the, mentions the how he's gonna crush his skull, because it's not, it's so fragile and useless that it wouldn't even appease corn. And then at the end, what does he do? He throws this fucking Argus's head in, he throws fucking Terrigan's, Terrigan's head in, and he basically says, eight. yeah, I've gotten my eight warlords heads and they're eight heads in a double and they're, bag. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Pesci when you need him? <laughs> He's <laughs> Pesci would have put Karn in his place. <laughs> what are you, the betrayer? Huh? You think you're so big and strong? You think what you're going to st- st- turn your back he, on me? You think, you're, you think you're some kind of betrayer who's going to come up behind me and stab me in the back? I don't think so. <laughs> I'll beat you the fuck out of you with a baseball bat. <laughs> That's a oh, terrible Joe Pesci, Pesci impression gets... by both of us, and we're both bad people for trying. And, and then, and then Pesci, Pesci just gets plasma pistol right <laughs> in the face because it's not a movie with Pesci in it unless he gets brutally that, murdered. That's true, but then I guess he would actually just be brutalized with Gore Child and chopped into bits because that would be more uh, fitting, I think. <laughs> Joe Pesci, <laughs> Joe Pesci is the Sean Bean of Italian crime films. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe Pesci and poor Sean Bean. <laughs> if, if anybody's going to play uh, Argus in uh, a movie, it's going to be Sean Bean. <laughs> hey, look, some 40K movie casting. <laughs> I Either that or he's playing Sanguinius. I don't know which, but he's he's playing one of them two people. Oh, God, I couldn't imagine him with, like, a long, flowing blonde I hair. Could, I could do it. I could definitely see it. Mainly just because I know he's going to die, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> as soon as Sean Bean shows up in a film, you're just like, even when you watch Game of Thrones, man, the very first scene he shows up, you're like, ah, oh, man, he's going to die. <laughs> like you... Well, like, yeah, I, I, went, I went in knowing that he was going to die. So that scene where he's going to, like, be beheaded, and it's like a will they, won't they kind of thing, and I'm like, Oh, this is how it happens. So that was a that a whole episode is just a <laughs> right. for me. There was no like, there was no maybe they'll make it in time. I'm like, oh, this is how it's gonna happen. Fuck, this sucks. I hate this show. And then yeah, I was hooked. It, and then they blew it. They fucking blew it. God, did they suck at the end? Uh, anyway, the, the final season yeah, we, we don't, don't talk, talk about. about. That. Um. So yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was. Oh that my was god! A blast. Um, I lo- I did love. I loved the fact that they they set you up like they do. Um, because each time I fell for it every fucking time, thinking <laughs> it was the real deal. And then by the third time, I'm like, well, he's just fucking having another fucking episode. And then it's the real deal. I'm like, God, fucking damn it! Like, good on you guys. That was fantastic. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. It, would would you say that that it betrayed your expectations? <laughs> I'm not answering that because I'm mad at you now. <laughs> I'm excited. Check your phone, by the way. Uh, did you get it? <laughs> I'm on board with Sean Bean playing Sanguinius. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Where the f- What did you Google search to find that image, sir? 
I just googled. I just googled Sean Bean, and I did an image well, search. That's him in drag in a blonde wig. Like, apparently there was there's an article. Um, Sean Bean says there would be uproar if he played a transvestite, and I disagree. But, all right, uh, I'm confused. I don't even know why that um, conversation got started in the first. Why is Sean Bean playing I don't know. trans? Uh, never mind. <laughs> but you were talking about Sean Sean Bean playing saying the long point. I, I got I, it. I got it. I'm I'm a maker of my own. And prison. I googled it. I just googled Sean Bean because I was like, well, maybe there's a photo of him like, like with like blonde hair or something like that. And um, boy, oh boy, yeah, <laughs> not yes, there is at all. What I what I was expecting. I like see like my my phone lit up and I'm he like picture message. Woman. I'm like, what's that? And I look at it as you're asking me. You should look at your phone. Shit. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, like this. To, back on back, <laughs> back on topic, on. though. This book, I, I am excited about where this takes the lore because, basically, what Karn has done is he's become like the de facto leader of the world. Yeah, he sees control. Like, yeah, he's the last man standing to lead the world leaders. I mean, Angron is around somewhere doing mean angry stuff well angron's but... still gonna be the primarch of the world eaters but every primarch needs their subordinate you know their 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 go-to on the ground yeah and once they become like demon princes i feel like they just get real like in into the weeds on like the god focused stuff so like he's just like oh you know this is a good skull that's a good skull do look at the nooks and crannies on this skull oh boy that <laughs> takes me back yeah. you know meanwhile karn's just like that's great. That's that's fantastic. All right, sir. Well, I'm going to leave you with your skulls. I'm going to go. I got some stuff to do. And he's just like, uh-huh, yes. Oh, oh, would you look at the tooth he, count he, on this son of a bitch right no, here? No, little known fact. I don't know if you knew this about Korn, but he's also a phrenology expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> There's gonna be somebody going, "What the fuck is phrenology?" It's like, yeah, it's a fucking debunk <laughs> science that meant you could feel the bumps on a person's skull and essentially figure out their life story. Yeah, you get those little calipers out, and yeah, yeah, you get your, you got to measure, and oh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? So, I so totally ruined I, that moment. <laughs> so the new codex coming out. I'm assuming Karn is going to be. You probably will have an Angron. They haven't. They haven't done a, a demon, uh, a demon Primarchs chapter or legion without having a demon Primarch model. So you're going to have an Angron yep. model. Yes, I would I, guess. that's what I'm guessing. You'll have a Karn model, yep. and those will be like your your two big HQs. I don't know if there'll be another uh, Emperor's Children or, uh, or World Eaters leader at this point. I don't know who's left. Um, but that right there is awesome. I was gonna say uh, if, I think they the, really have set the set the score as like Karn is the leader. Like he's he's going to be he's like the, the guy leading them from here on out. And um, I'm okay with that because I really I honestly think the way Corn is set like God Corn is set up he deserves a leader like for leading his faction, which is the world eaters. They deserve a guy like Karn to be leading them. Um, because if you ask me, if, 
if it's my opinion, Corn doesn't give a shit about tactics or anything. He doesn't give a fuck who's dying. And I think that's why Karn the Betrayer is the leader, because he is going to kill anybody in his vicinity. Like, in the game, that's how well, he it's, works. It's like, it's... Yeah, but, like, story-wise, it's... it's. I would say, too, like, it, he, he punishes weakness. Right. Like, when he got the title of Betrayer, it was, you know, how dare you all seek refuge right now like weaklings you're not worthy it's like that worthiness corn the god wants worthy skulls and worthy blood like he wants he wants champions skulls and yeah. blood and why shouldn't his his legion that now is devoted to him be only those who are worthy and so like this book was like it, it, they they were whittling away the chaff, if you will. Right. Yes. I I I mean I just I think I I, I hope I don't I I shouldn't say think because I don't know shit. I'm just I'm not I'm not smart enough to to predict this shit. But I hope that that's what they're doing. That they're they are setting the stage for. And I really hope really really hope that the game reflects that as well because i hope he plays like he always has played i want him to be even more of a monster than he's been in the past like yeah i'm hoping for a new model i'd like it to be primary size like i, I, I wouldn't I, mind seeing a primary size karn i yeah i want him to be big like i want him to be very imposing the new corn berserker models that they're going to be releasing like if if they're anything like those corn uh, champions for Age of Sigmar. Those guys are oh, fucking awesome. And everybody, every Chaos player has been proxying them as Corn uh, Berserkers anyways. So, And they're large. Those are big models. They're like bigger than a Terminator, I want to say. Like, they're they're pretty beefy. Yeah. So, I'm I'm excited. I, I cannot wait. This book got you lamped up. People, just, just buy it. Oh my god. Well, like, that, that uh, fucking... Terragar's like little retinue. There was like of the Crute Warrior. There was like a traitor guardsman or like a uh, commissar. Yeah, or yep, something there was like definitely that. a commissar there, <laughs> the traitor guard commissar. Yep. You got you got your your Alpha Legion because why not? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're always in, the, in into everything. You always got to just have one that's just reporting yeah. in. Like hi, I'm Altharius. Yeah, 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 we heard you. Don't yeah. care. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> We know you're not Alpharius. His name's Alpharius. That's a lie. You're missing a leg right now. We know you're not Alpharius. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it! That's a that's a whole it's a whole other legion that I I re I have that I read I listened to um the Alpharius book and it was good. I have really um, high hopes that eventually, with everything that's going on, is that eventually alpha legion will get its own book and i would love love if they would just not give you a direction you can play alpha legion as both chaos and loyal like i think that would be yeah and what would be even cooler is if they could somehow tie in rules that were basically like hey, if A is existing, then B has to also exist. Because if you're like, say you're 
a loyalist, then you can only pick rules out of subset A. And if you're a trader, then you can only pick rules out of subset B. And then maybe even have a special rule where you flip. Like you once per game, you can switch allegiances and then you're pulling out a subset B instead of subset A and vice versa. I think that yeah, would be that, that, like, you know, uh, you know how they got game tactics set up in the game right now in ninth edition. There's tons of shit that allows you to like a one-time thing, one time in the battle, yeah. you get to do this. Switch a keyword or yeah, you could like switch a keyword and, yeah, or something and then like you, that. And then based on that, you could have access to different, right. a different set of um, abilities or things like that. Yeah. Are you listening yeah. GW? Listen to us. We know what we want. We know but, what the people yeah, want. I, I think something that would be, that would be really awesome. Something else that I would like to see with an alpha Legion army, if they ever did do like a little um, sub codex for them would be something where like, if you kill the, like one of the, the commanders or like a leader or something like that, you have a chance, like you roll a die and on a four plus a different, like basic model can be elected as that leader and they you know they then are able to like create all the like all of the auras and everything like that and it just represents that idea of like trying to cut off the head of the hydra and oh you thought that was the leader well actually no i'm the leader and then you kill him and then somebody else pops up and says nope sorry actually i was the and leader you know all what? along it really wouldn't take that fucking much because skaven in age of sigmar and old fantasy had rules like that like they had existing rules that worked in the game similar to that that wouldn't take that much to make that happen so i think that's another very doable thing that uh they need to get up off their asses and do because alpha legion is fucking popular and they're weird and very bizarre and people love that shit and a lot of the the, the chaos armies i mean there are, are big fan bases for all of them i mean not just the big four right god specific armies but i mean look how big back black like, templar are for for loyalists they're they're yeah, i mean are they I'm, massive no but they have a very very devout following they got their book finally after years and it's a yep. good fucking book it's a great fucking book yeah. great rule book I I would love to run. I would run Alpha Legion. I would love to run Iron Warriors. Would be great. I could see them doing something where uh, they used to have a list back in the day where they ran like guard tanks. You could run like um, oh what are they? What are the big the long range? Uh, is it not Medusa but the the big oh, artillery? Um... Kind of, not no, 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 no. But but they 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 could run like big guard artillery and stuff like that to represent their their siege tactics and i can think of like the that. fucking like gun that was... that's on it but i can't think of what it's called the earthquake gun <laughs> the earthquake cannon yeah Fuck. um but but they they like it, like if they did a new sub like a new codex for like them that would be awesome i would love to see like a combination of a Stardes tanks and like guard specific vehicles like just give them all of this heavy machinery because you want them to, to you know, you want to feel like you're sieging an enemy and just bombarding them with artillery after artillery. That would be, that would be awesome. I would love to see that. Um, Night Lords would be a killer oh, army. Yeah, dude, that, that's another book that deserves, that's another army that deserves a book, is what I should say. 
Absolutely. Give them, you know, give give chaos drop pods, and then let them be able to customize theirs into those terror pods. Like that would be phenomenal. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, just sell like, like an upgrade an kit for their drop pods. That'd be yeah, dude. GW, GW, if they gave more love to chaos. I, I personally believe this. If they gave more love to Chaos and just to other armies in general, I think they'd be fucking floored at how much money they'd make. Yeah, well, and I, I'm 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 excited. I'm super excited after uh, all of the announcements at Warhammer Fest. Obviously, we're doing an episode on a corn uh, 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 world eaters, but I'm a little nervous that we're not going to get emperor's children this edition that's going to wait until next edition that's one thing that will um, scare me because i don't know we didn't get because it's like every i feel like every edition we've gotten a new chaos legion um I, but i mean they they've been talking about to be in the year of chaos and whatnot i i'm not gonna say that it's not out of the realm of possibility that they'll get a book but i won't hold my breath on it either but it would be very cool because that's another dude noise marines like again that's yes. such a cool bizarre concept but if you've ever looked at kit bashing pages on facebook or reddit you, you've seen what people do with these things and they look amazing they look like really incredible and this is just from fuck people fucking around if gw would get up off their asses and actually put forth some energy into paying attention to the uh, we'll say relegated books of chaos eldar uh dark eldar just all of them basically anybody who's not space marine um they would they would be printing money i think um because i think they're they constantly say well space marines are bestseller well fucking of course it is because it's all you ever back so everybody ends up just falling into a space marine faction but if you actually it's one of those weird like uh what's the word i'm looking for where it's like you can say it one way but because you're only doing it one way therefore of course that's the way it's going to be done like you can't have it to be where you're saying well only people play space marine so that's where we're going to invest our time and money into well yeah but all you've ever done is invest time you've never taken that gamble to go Let's pump a bunch of fucking money into the chaos division this time. We're going to give them a bunch of books. We're going to give them a bunch of fucking models. We're going to give them a bunch of fucking upgrade kits. And we're going to fucking go with that. And if it fucking fails, well, we've learned our lesson. Stick with Space Marines. Just go back to the tried and true formula. They make enough money. It's not going to kill them to, to take a risk for a year and give people what they want. But I'll bet you anything... That if you start giving people what they want in the other factions, you're going to have people going, well, fuck that. Why am I playing? I didn't want to play Salamanders in the first fucking place. I wanted to play, you know, Iron Warriors, but I never had an Iron Warriors book. I never had anything Iron Warriors unique flavor wise. So it just always felt kind of wasted. So fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go play Salamanders then because I got everything I need right there and it's easier and I can buy this generic kit of shit and I can just make them look like Salamander. Stop doing that. That's all I can say. That's the best advice I can give GW. If anybody of GW ever listens to this is stop doing shit like that. Just take the chance, roll the dice. I guarantee you it's going to pay off for you. You may not make record profits. You may only break even, but your fan base would be 
elated, and it, I think that'd be worth it all in itself. You know, you know who you just lost? Who? Shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> they they're like, fuck this guy. Who? How am I supposed to get another boat? <laughs> oh man. So I don't know. I think uh, that's enough ranting and rambling. <laughs> I'm having a car moment where I just went on a tangent. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Drew, I have a question for you. So we're, we're, we're talking the book, and I just want to know, do you think that when Karn is done, that he may or may not use the hilt of Gorechild soap? in the blood of his enemies and grab himself by the shaft and turn it on, vibrate, jerk off after a battle with the, using the blood of his enemies as the lubricant. Was, was that a, wait, what were you asking me? <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> That was the post credit scene of the book. If you just keep listening, it's in there. I wonder what they're going to do next. It's like my only complaint. My only complaint about the book was great action, awesome story, uh, but they never actually ate the world. Uh, you know, it's not very. That's I need my books to be very, very to the point. They call themselves the world eaters. It's not a single person dug a spoon down into the ground and started chopping. Blood. There wasn't enough blood on the ground. Maybe that was a problem. Didn't think about that, did you? Oh, that's that's the milk. I got it. <laughs> it's the milk to the cereal of the world. God damn it! All I can think of is now is Karn just vibing away. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad I, get, I was able to get that out. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it without laughing too hard. So well, I'm going to have weird dreams tonight. It's <laughs> a visual that you're not going to get rid of. Have a good time, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Happy gaming. <laughs> have a good day, guys. <laughs> <laughs>